This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by David Moore. And on the line from San Francisco, you would think they must be playing the Giants but uh, because of where he's staying, but actually they're playing the Oakland A's, uh, is our old pal Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How are you? They have these things called bridges, Kevin, and they connect uh, where's places the, where's that the team are separated staying? by bodies of water. Where, where are the, where's the team staying? The team is staying in downtown San Francisco. Uh, I am staying at the San Francisco airport because it's cheaper. Oh, there you go. And that's you. You're always thinking about the Dallas Morning News. Well, that is farther away. If yeah. you're going to do that, you should have actually stayed in downtown Oakland, which has been even cheaper. Yeah, cheaper. And it would have saved us a lot of money. Yeah, we just go to you, Kevin. So. <laughs> Evan, you know, you've clearly got your dauber down. I have no down. witticisms this morning. I have no witticisms. Yeah. I don't know what my problem is. Or any what, other morning, what? but that's all right. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's talk about your little team. Uh, the, the Rangers are the surprise team in the AL West. They're knocking off teams. They're winning. They've, they've, they've beaten the, uh, the Astros twice in two series so far at home. Is this team going to win it all? Um, probably not. Probably not. Okay. No. I, uh, Never mind. Hey, then. listen, it's been, a, it's been a nice start for the Rangers. Uh, I think they've done what they needed to do, which was take advantage of a number of early games at home. The schedule is, is uh, leans towards heavily on the home side early in the season. And if the Rangers are going to be competitive and are going to be better than what uh, I, I think most people expect them to be, they need to take advantage of that, and they need to build some momentum early. And, and I think they've done that at home. Uh, the question becomes, and again, what we saw in the first game of this road trip, is what is this team capable of doing on the road, or why is it not doing what it is capable of doing offensively on the road? Yeah, what what is it? Because that's the thing that uh, that always bugs me a little bit. I, I saw that uh, Ruggie Odor was asked that question the other day uh, about that. And he says, oh, you know, it's just a lot of – there's a lot of energy at home and uh, and that type of thing. And it's like, okay, I, I get that, but you don't need to be an emotional player. You're playing 162 games or you're playing 150 games or whatever, and uh, and you can't ride emotion for 150 games. you got to take a, uh, a measured – you know, intelligent approach to this, and this is my job, and this is how I'm going to approach it, and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm wondering how much of that message that you can tell is getting through from from uh, Scott Woodward so far. 
Um, who, who is Scott Woodward? I mean, uh, uh, Chris Woodward. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's somebody I was thinking of in another life. Um, uh, listen, I, I spent time on this subject on the first road trip and, and, and wrote about this, and I think you're, you're, you're referring to a question I asked for Ruggie, and I, I feel like the Rangers don't really have answers for it. And, and to, to some extent, I think Chris Woodward certainly wants to give his team some op- opportunity to establish their own identity uh, before he starts saying, okay, we got to do better at this or that compared to last year or the year before. But this team was not good on the road last year. It wasn't good on the road the year before. Um, there's a, there's a, a giant uh, disparity between their offensive performance at home and on the road. Um, and I don't have answers for it. I don't think at this point they have answers for it. Uh, if there was anything that I would say, you know, I look at this team and I look at its, its, its young core players and I look at some of the guys who who should be uh, contributing. Um, and, and guys like Mazzara and, and Odor have significant um, splits, uh, split differentials uh, between home and road. And I just wonder if these are guys who, I hate to use the excuse of being young, but it does take, you know, a little bit more discipline and a little bit more um, uh, ability to kind of narrow your day down uh, on the road. You're not sleeping in your own bed. You're, you know, you're you're taking buses and, and taxis here and there. And it it can be difficult for guys. Um, it's not an excuse, but it, it it and it is something that I think as we get to the fifth year of Rugnet Odor in the big leagues and, and the fourth year for most of the rest of these guys, this is something they've they simply got to do better on. It, it 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 may have been a learning experience early on, but this is something they've got to do better at right now. And I I think last night again you saw you know, the, the Rangers had Shinsu Chu doubled last night to lead off the game. Elvis got hit with one out, runners at first and second, and, and Nomar Mazzara, uh, who really, really has struggled on the road throughout his career, gets up and, and bounces into a double play, and there goes an early an early scoring opportunity against Scott Bassett, and uh, uh, they just never really seem to recover. Yeah, this is the thing that, uh, to me, is kind of a little disturbing about the team, is that, I, and, and I agree with you, these guys are young, but they've also played a lot of games uh, for, for young guys. And, uh, and these are the thing, this is the kind of season that they need to be taking that step forward. I think we this are... This is the year where, yeah, this is the year where we, 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 we can say that they're young, but no longer is young being an excuse. Yeah. They are now experienced young players. And I think, look, you're seeing in the case of Gallo, you're seeing a guy who is making some significant steps. And I agree. I hate, I think we've used young as an excuse, and it's still a fact that they are young in terms of age, but no more can it be an excuse for poor performance. These guys have significant experience under their belt. They've got to start making adjustments, particularly on the road. Let's look at because you brought up Joey. Let's let's look at what he's been able to do now. He's improved his average over a hundred points in the last week. Uh, I guess ten days or so. Uh, you know, and you made the point in your stock report, uh, which I think is uh, accurate that 
he's probably going to ping between these poles a little bit. Uh, you know, he's not going to he's not going to end up the year hitting 280. I don't think um, he's going to kind of be a little bit all over the map. Uh, but at least he has, you know, looking back when we're talking about progress, I can remember two, three years ago, Joey would get himself in a funk and it would last for for six weeks. You know, it, it would be terrible, a terrible funk. And he's not, he's not right now anyway, he's not doing that. He might go through a little uh, bad stretch, but he's able to kind of pull himself up out of it. And I do believe a lot of that's because of his mindset and his, uh, his feeling that uh, I, I, I can be a great player and this is what I need to, and I need to be doing some things. I think there's still things he needs to understand. He, he joked about the fact that he got his first sacrifice fly and and said that uh, I, uh, I guess maybe to you and others that well uh, when they're, when guys were on third base I was thinking about getting a hit, but really you know your job is to get that run in from third base and your job is to if if it requires you hitting a sacrifice fly that's what you you, you go to the plate thinking that all I got to do here is get the ball to the outfield you know right with right. less than two outs and I'm not sure that Joey always thinks that I think Joey has thought. No, I'm going to hit a home run, or I'm going to get a double, or I'm going to hit a triple, which is which is fine. But but your job is to get that run across, and if it requires you to just to put the bat on the ball and get into the outfield, which Joey's very capable of doing, obviously. Same thing that applies to the shift here. I mean, there are situations where you've got to take advantage of that. You know, there there are times when there's a runner on third and lets them than two out, and you know. He, you can make a difference in the game simply by getting that guy home. There's times in the game where, hey, you might have two guys on on, on base um, with less than two outs, and Joey's the best guy to try and make something really happen there. Uh, I, I think that 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 all comes down to a little bit more court awareness. But uh, I, I I think that, yes, you're right. There are situations where this guy has – it comes to the plate, he has the ability to get the ball in the air. Um, that's what he does best. And and if that's the case, he needs to gobble up those run-scoring opportunities. That's what he did on Sunday. You know, that's what he's done for the last week. His guys have been on base. Joey's come up there. He's found ways to get them home. Uh, some of them have been with opposite field hits. Some of them have been with home runs. And on Sunday, we, we saw, you know, the, the, the sacrifice fly. A little better understanding of, of a, being a situational hitter than he had. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I think they, they've made him aware that they don't want him to be specifically a situational hitter because he, uh, he does have game-changing ability every time he comes to the plate. But I think there are times when being, being aware of the situation – outweighs the percentages of him trying to change the game. And that's all they're that's all they're talking about. And and when he's in better hitting position to do things, uh, and and better able to recognize pitches, um, it makes him, you know, better able to defend himself and better able to to do what the situation asks of him in the, at that moment. All right, I want to switch over to the pitching side here because that's uh, that's what's making all the difference uh, in in this start. I mean, the team, the, the lineup has done a good job of uh, of scoring runs, but the top two guys have done a a really good job, and specifically Mike Miner has. 
So Mike Miner is on a, a deal that goes through next year. He is 31 years old. Uh, since the end of last year and to the start of this year, he's pitched very well. Um, you could, you, I guess you could make a case it's almost all-star caliber uh, in, those, in that little run there. Um, do you think – do you see any possibility that uh, if he continues to pitch well that Mike Miner would get another contract from the Rangers? Oh boy, that's a good question. But my my guess would be just looking at the market and looking at where this team is, uh, I would say that the chances of that are are very small. I think that it's much more likely that if this season goes the way I think this season will go, um, there's going to be a strong market for Mike Miner out there uh, among contenders. And I think, you know, the Rangers may be in position to get the equivalent of a return of, say, a number two type starter, whereas, you know, before the year, they, they might have thought that their their best return would be that commensurate with somebody who's a three or a four. So I think he's up his value. I think there's going to be teams that are interested. And, and I think when you start looking at guys who are going to be 32 at the end of next year, um, and who have the injury history that Mike Miner does, uh, you'd be make, you'd be making a real uphill bet if you tried to uh, extend him uh, beyond that. I, I think we look at we're looking at guys who are in the 31, 32 range age wise, and they're they're not the the, the multi year deals just aren't really out there unless they're uh, very club friendly terms. You know, no question about that, and, I, and I'm not saying I'm coming down on either side here, but if I look back over Mike Miner's career uh, in Atlanta and Kansas City, um, he had in uh, 2012, he threw 179 innings. In 2013, 204 innings. Uh, then 145 innings in 2014, those three seasons. And then it, in Kansas City, he was primarily a reliever uh, through 77 innings. Well, 15 and 16, he missed with the Sure, right. And then he came yeah. back as reliever yeah. in uh, in seventeen with Kansas City, and mm-hmm. then last year, you know, he was he was monitored very closely with the Rangers and, and held to one hundred and fifty seven <laughs> innings. I I, right. I think if he were to pitch this full season, whether it's with the Rangers or with another club, I think you're looking at a guy who's going to be very close to one hundred and eighty innings, if not, you know, if not above that. True. My point is that. Uh, Clearly, he has not piled up a lot of innings in his career. Now, obviously, because of the injury, that, that's, that's one of the reasons why. But uh, to me, if he demonstrates this season that he is, uh, you know, uh, an all-star caliber pitcher, um, I don't, you know, I, I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to make a trade just because, um, all right, we're going we're gonna to take a deal here. We're going to do this. Uh, I I think you're getting to a great point here, and I think that we've all kind of written or at least expected that, hey, this team's not going to be real good this year. They're going to, come the All-Star break, be looking to trade everything they can. And, and I think one thing that needs to be um, at least understood here is uh, there's some reason to believe that maybe the Rangers could – could fast track their rebuild a little bit that they'll be in better position in 2020 than, than some te- than some um, conventional wisdom suggests. 
uh, and that uh, Miner could play a role in their success. And if they don't get real value for him, if somebody thinks that they're just going to get Mike Miner because the Rangers are a rebuilding team trying to dump guys, uh, it might make sense at the at the All-Star break this year to say, hey, what if we added two years onto your deal and kept you through 2022 uh, and made you a part of the rotation? Again, I think it's, you're still betting a little bit on the um, on the short end. I mean, you always are with pitchers, and particularly those in their 30s. But to your point, Kevin, you know, I, I had a guy that I covered fairly early on in my career who went through something very similar in terms of being a left-handed power pitcher who had several years of injuries where he couldn't stay healthy. And so he had a relatively young arm as he entered his 30s, and, and that was Al Leiter. And mm-hmm. uh, he went on to have, you know, pitch late into his 30s and, and, and have a very good career. Now, I don't know if you can make comps between Minor and, and, and Leiter, but certainly there are, you know, there are guys who defy what the, the track record has been. Because here's the thing. You look at uh, the Rangers' history in, in some of these deals they've made, and, and, and of course we, we just don't know yet on these guys how they're going to turn out. So far, uh, the U Darvish trade has not brought great dividends. We'll see what happens and all that. But even just because a guy is a is a prospect in somebody else's system, uh, and maybe even a top prospect, there's no guarantees of that. And when you see a guy like Mike Miner come out and pitch like he has, uh, and, and then if you were to trade him and he were to go off somewhere and be a very productive pitcher in someone else's organization for the next three, four, or five years. Can you imagine the the, uh, the the outcry from fans here? Here you had a good pitcher, and you gave him away, and if, if the guy you trade him for doesn't work out and doesn't pan out, uh, you know, I, I just feel like that, as, as we talked about, last year Oakland was a surprise team in the AL West. I don't know that the, the Rangers can, can live up to that. I just don't think they have enough pitching to do that. Um, but if, if they, as you said, let's say that they were building towards something in 2020, that's – that's not that far away, and and to right. have a guy here already, and and not only that, but if you're going to be trading off guys like uh, you know Mike Miner and Lance Lynn, then you're going to have you're going to put more pressure on your young guys to step into those roles. And I don't know, frankly, and you don't either, uh, if these guys are going to be ready to step into those roles in the second half of the season. Well, I, you know, to to your point, I think you know you look at the, the, a lot of, of look. There, it, it's not just one. It's not one, uh, an either or or an, a, a, a zero sum game kind of situation. You know, there's a lot of moving parts here, and, and you, you make a good point. You look at the guys like Taylor Hearn and Palumbo and Hernandez and Brock Burke and and and, and that group, and say, okay, now. Are these guys going to be ready? You know, will a couple of them be ready to pitch in the big leagues in the second half this year? I think you had good initial results from all those guys. I think that's been a positive. Um, you look at the free agent market and say, okay, we're about to go into a new stadium. There's going to be a significant amount of, of additional revenue. Are there guys out there that you could add that would potentially make a, a difference? And Look at this point in time, Garrett Cole is going to be out there, and and that's a guy who, who I think is a difference maker on the pitching side, and and potentially, if uh, if Anthony Rendon doesn't sign a, a contract extension with the with the Nationals, there's a guy on on the position side. 
Um, you look at your rotation, you've got Lynn, who's an innings eater. You've got Miner, who is pitching uh, really well. And you, you sit here and you say, okay, what if you add Garrett Cole to Mike Miner and Lance Lynn, and now you had, say, Taylor Hearn and uh, Palumbo or Fernandez really take steps forward this year, and you're saying – now we could go into 2020 in this new stadium and have a, a, a good top of the rotation and, and, and have some young guys with real high upside at the back end of that rotation. Uh, could this be a team that, that does considerable um, uh, damage in 2020, particularly if this offense continues to show that, that it's made steps forward? And, and, and so that, that does, I think, become part of the equation. Okay, I think we solved the Rangers' problems. Well, David doesn't seem to have any problems. <laughs> no, I was I was waiting for your retort. I, I, your colorful bonmont. I, I mean, the, the, the thing, here, here's the thing. I, I think it's been a good start to the season. I think that when you look at the way this team has has shown an ability, particularly at home, to come back, and, and have really strong uh, at-bats, uh, those are all positives. And I think the, the emergence of Gallo as, as a real offensive force, and, and Kevin, you, know, you made the same, this comment, oh, I don't think he's going to hit 280 all year. He won't, right? He, he probably won't. But if he does, the only guy who's got a shot at beating him in OPS is going to be Mike Trout. Yeah. So that's pretty elite company. If he hits 260, He's probably going to be in the top five in the league in OPS. Yeah. So um, that's that's a huge step forward. Um, on the disappointing side, you know, Odor got hurt early and and he he looked a little bit jumpy um, and, and looked like he wasn't adhering to some of those those things that he was doing in spring training. That was a little bit concerning. Uh, Mazzara has not taken the steps forward yet this year that you really wanted to see. That's a little bit concerning. Leclerc has been all over the place with his fastball um, after after the contract commitment. That's a little bit concerning. But it's it's still you know it's 21 games in and, and there's there's a lot of time to determine whether or not uh, there's there's real steps forward by these guys or whether there's real steps backward. I, I still think you have to look at things and say there's an opportunity here for this team to be. Um, certainly better than I think most people expe- expected. And is there an opportunity for this team in 2020? Uh, right now, I, I'd say that you, you have to come down and say it's not it, it's it's not necessarily a zero percent opportunity. I think there are some some good signs here, and I think they've played well under Chris Woodward. You know, I, I think there there has been more. Uh, just buy into the overall approach on, on both the offensive and pitching side. You know, uh, the whole thing with Jose Leclerc, I'm just mystified by. Uh, and and I and I go back to what I, we may have discussed this before. I can't remember, but Mike Bassick made the comment one day on uh, I can't remember where he where he was on the radio on television where he was. 
about uh, Jose's future, and he said he was, and this was before he he blew up uh, this season and this spring anyway, and uh, said that we'll we'll see whether he's going to be a closer or go back to being a seventh and eighth inning guy. And I, you know, I certainly respect Mike's opinion as a former major league pitcher, and uh, I don't know what it is that he saw that might give him that idea because last year. I just thought Jose Leclerc looked like one of the three or four best uh, closers in baseball, and uh, and as you noted, he he is he, his problems before that were a lack of command of the fastball, and now he's gone back to that. He's having those those struggles, and and uh, and then also uh, Chris Woodward brought up the point that he thinks that maybe he's tipping pitches. Do you think that Chris said that just to kind of give Jose a uh, an out here, just at least publicly, until they can re- refine some things. Or do you think there's anything to that? I, I, I'm probably a little bit of both. Um, I, I think that you know it's it's possible that they you know did have some takes on on some of the the changeups that um, that he threw uh, that indicated to Chris that hey these guys knew what was coming, um, but. And, and maybe to create some degree of diversion because, look, the fastball command just has not been very good at all. It, it, it's been all over the place, and the misses have been significant. And I, Chris said last, yesterday that, uh, or at least hinted, that, that the possibility exists that, you know, Jose is struggling with the idea of of trying too hard to some extent. You know, I, I've got this contract. I really want to be an elite closer. Um and, and sometimes you've got to you've got to check a little bit of that. You know, you can't just go out there and say, okay, when I throw the fastball, I'm going to show that as an elite closer, I can throw the ball at 98 instead of 96. Yeah. Um, and, and when you do that, you know, you just you end up flying open. The ball goes up and in 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 way out of the zone. And uh, that I think is is what I've seen. That that to me has been the most concerning thing is that the fastball misses have just been. Uh, they haven't been really close, um, and so yeah, he's just yeah. He's, I, he, it looks like he's overthrowing to me. I mean, I and I and I watched him, a couple of the pitches he was throwing in the game on Sunday, and you know, uh, his ball has such natural movement on it. It's what it makes him so effective, and I think, and certainly with his breaking pitches, that uh, he's trying. To, he, he's starting out on the corner, and then the ball's breaking a foot. You know, it's like. How about just starting out when it's when you're when you're struggling like this? Let's just start off down the middle and let it break, you know, and then right. and yeah, then I, see where it goes. And I think that that's the that's the issue for me. It's it's almost like I'm going to throw this ball at 98 miles an hour on the black, you know. And it's like you don't have to be that fine. And and I just kind of get the impression sometimes that uh, that he's doing that, and he, he just really seems to have lost his confidence. Now, what I want to ask you is that how long do you think? that Chris will stick with him in this role? Well, I think he'll certainly, you know, he's going to go back to him uh, the next time he has an opportunity to, to close a game. Last night was a necessary off day for him just because of the number of pitches. Um, and I think there's every intent to, to be committed to him. Uh, but you get to a point now, I mean, there's you, you had – multiple opportunities in, in, in the first month of the season where he hasn't been able to finish things off. And and so do you, because there aren't high expectations on this team, do you just stay with him indefinitely? Or do you have to make a change? Uh, I, I, that's, 
that's going to be a real delicate question. I, I think if he goes out there and, and he just can't throw strikes again, I think Chris is going to have to find a way to kind of ease off of him a little bit, and, and that's going to create some more some more chaos in a bullpen that's already dealing with you know a lot of things in terms of, of, of innings workloads and things like that. So uh, I think they're working with him to try and, and, and get that fastball command a little bit um, better to, to, to get his mechanics more in line. But I, I would say that if he goes back out there again the next time and, and can't finish off a game, just for at least for the short term, they're going to have to do something to kind of uh, right the ship a little bit. Yeah, because at some point, it's not so much about whether the Rangers are contenders or not. It's a point of whether you want to destroy this guy's mental state. And and I and I agree. I, I think I I'd certainly be patient with him and and certainly give him more opportunities. But you don't want to send him out there where he just he just turns himself into a vegetable. Well, it's it's the team perspective too. I mean, if this team is a little ahead of where you projected it to be and it's feeling good about itself and you're thinking suddenly, well, maybe this rebuild doesn't take as long from a team standpoint either. You don't want to, you don't want to send the message. Well, well, we don't really believe that. So we're going to leave him in here and let him work this out because we're not, you're not going to do anything anyway. So, I mean, that, that catches hold too at some point. Yeah. And that's the old thing about there's nothing more demoralizing than a bad closer. No. Right. And there's nothing right. more demoralizing than going south early in a baseball season yeah. with the number of games you have left. For sure. Evan, we're going to have to get out of here because they're going to have the, uh, you know, Channel Speaking 5. Speaking of going morning. south. Going south. This, this is going south fast. Uh, so, Evan, uh, how long are you going to be on your little road trip? Uh, well, it's more of a Rangers road trip. I, I cover the, the team for the team for the uh, Dallas Morning News. Is that right? Um yeah, uh, and we, we cover every game. Um, it's not like columnists where we wake up in the morning and we say, oh, you know, I've got me a good old idea. I think I'll write today. Um, and then in the other couple of days, I, I think I'll go out and farm the back 30 today. So, um, and I said back 30 because I, columnists get paid well, but they don't have a, they don't, they can't afford a back 40. It's, it's only 30 acres. Yeah. Um, that's true. Uh, this is a week long road trip to Oakland and Seattle. Uh, and then they come home and, you know, May again, they have uh, still kind of a home friendly schedule, but come June and July, there's going to be some price to pay in terms of the number of games the team's going to play on the road. Yeah. Evan, what uh, what restaurant do you always try to get to in Seattle? Uh, it goes back and forth. Blue Acre Seafood is a place that I really like there. Um, I'd like to discover a few more places because it really is a, a, a fun town to eat in. Yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites. Debbie and I have been there on multiple occasions. And I, I have to say, the last time we went, we went on the ferry over to uh, one of the islands. I can't remember which. Bainbridge, island. probably. Bainbridge, that's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was very nice. Very, very fun to go over there and see that. It's the first time. Good restaurants over there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Having a lot of fun. It is one of my favorite places to go. So I, try to have fun, I think, is what Kevin's telling you. Yeah, try to have fun, Evan. I will. And, I mean, you know, I won't have to deal with you guys for the rest of this road trip. So yeah, that's one of right, right there. It seems a little harsh right, and so, unwarranted well, to end the podcast on. But, but, but certainly expected. You do you. Yeah. 
All right, Evan. Thanks so All much. All right, now everybody, you guys got to hurry up and move them tables and slide everything across the room. That's yeah, what we do. They're glaring at us. So yeah. We have to do that right now. Yeah. So bye, Evan. Right, Get we'll, off the phone. We'll Hang up, fun. Evan. Hang up, Evan. Take care, guys. Bye. So that's it for us from in here to everybody out there. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.